And welcome to hour number two. Glad to have you with us on this Saturday morning. We're talking about a lot of issues and details. we got some more fishing reports coming up from Brendan Bayard, Captain Mike Gallo. Uh, Ryan Lambert and Mike Smith are going to join us from the Duck Blind. It closes out tomorrow as far as the first split. There will be a short break, and then it will resume. And both the east and the west zones will find out how they're doing. We'd like to find out how you're doing. We have a text board that's open for you at 504-260-1870. And looking at some of our texts coming, this one says, What bothers me about the gun shows is questionable people buying cheap AK-47s. That's from Gordon. Well, Gordon, you got i got to tell you, they, they're required to do the background check. They have to fill out the forms and submit them, and most of them do instant checks. Some takes a couple of days, but they are checking the people out. And, uh, you know, again, the freedom to purchase guns, uh, what do we do? We, do we stop uh, allowing people to buy guns because of what we might suspect they might do? All you can do is the best you can is screen the people, and if they qualify, you sell them the firearm, and that's our Second Amendment. By the way, that Murphy Gun Show is going to be going on this weekend. If you're a hunter or you're looking for a personal protection firearm, you might want to stop in. When you do, tell them I said thank you for putting on those shows and allowing our Second Amendment rights to be exercised to purchase and use and bear arms. All right, uh, yeah, when you look at what goes on in China, it makes makes you really think. All right, here's one says when it comes to that redfish situation, which we've been talking about, wildlife and fisheries biologists say we need to cut down on what we're taking because we can no longer sustain the resource if we continue to take what we are. This one says uh, we need to be responsible for our own actions. Well, that's pretty much true in anything. Uh, here's one. Uh, this is a little interesting side note. It says, did you know that Hoss uh, it was Hoss Cartwright that played on the TV show, started the restaurants Bonanza and Ponderosa. Ponderosa was in Kissimmee, Florida, and Bonanza restaurants were all over the place. That's from Tim in Pascagoula. I remember well the Bonanza restaurants that kind of followed after the TV show. I didn't know they had Ponderosa name restaurants. The only one I know of is the one down at Mitch's place down at the Delta Marina. It's up upstairs. All right, here's one that says, regarding the redfish limits, all the comments you receive indicate most listeners have made excellent points. I'd like to encourage folks when they're fishing to realize that established limits are for the fishermen, not neighbors or others. Keep what you're going to consume. As far as limiting the catch, long overdue. That's from Doug listening to us in Madisonville. Here's one that says, uh, go USA World Cup and go Tigers in the SEC championship game later today. Yeah, big game for LSU and Georgia fans. Uh, here's one says, I have no issue with reduction of numbers of redfish. I think they should lower the 27-inch size limit to about 24-ish, 27 and larger are tough, and they have worms. Uh, I've never had the experience of finding worms in the big bull reds, uh, not that I've cleaned that many, but the drum, when they get over 27, you can pretty much count on it, but uh, that's the black drum. The redfish... Not so much. I'm sure some do have that. But if they went to a 24-inch and a 17 to 24-inch slot, according to the biology, uh, and not keeping any over that 24-inch would continue to allow us to keep five fish per person, and it would reduce the harvest. It would save 36.8% of the fish, which is what they'd be shooting for. So that may be a consideration, a 17 to 24-inch slot size. And you could be able to keep five fish, but none over that 24-inch size. I uh, got reports of some thick fog in Metairie. And let's see, we got uh, uh, oh Jason, the barber, checking in, giving us a good morning. Yeah, I got to come see Jason. You know, he's my 
He's my barber, my fishing and hunting barber. We talk about that every time I get in the chair. All right, we come back after this. We're going to check in with Captain Mike Gallo, find out what he's got cooking up over there at the Spots and Dots Lakehouse Lodge. That's where he leaves from. He's right across the street from one of our national wildlife refuges, Big Branch. We'll be back to chat with him about fishing right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio Network. And if you happen to be looking for a Christmas gift for a boater on your list, well, let me suggest Seato membership, 199 bucks for a whole year. They'll get 24/7 tow-ins, jump starts for electrical problems, whatever it takes to get them back safely, and they and their family will have peace of mind. It's like having a AAA policy on the water. And to get it for them, just call Captain Chris 504-301-4545. Or one simple click to CETO.com will get you signed up. They also present the Born on the Bayou Fishing Report each week with Captain Mike Gallo, who joins us now to tell us all about fishing in the Lakes Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, Lake Catherine, the Chef, the Mr. Go. Did I miss any areas, Mike? Uh, Bayou B Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Seven Mile Point, uh, North Biloxi Marsh, have boat, we'll travel, huh? You got them all covered, and it almost seems like I fished most of those spots uh, during the week. So let's see. Sunday, last week, I was, well, I guess that's the beginning of this week. Anyway, I was over by the castle. Did well on trout over there. I just squatted in one area. They would pass through every 10 minutes or so, and we'd catch five or six. They'd be gone for 10 minutes, and they'd come back. And that's a pretty good pace as long as your fish are keepers, and the majority were keepers. So that was my Sunday trip. Monday and Tuesday, I fished the bridges in Lake Pontchartrain, bouncing plastics on the bottom. I did catch quite a few trout. Nothing really big. I would say my biggest fish was probably three pounds, a solid 19-inch fish i might have had four or five of those in those two days combined wednesday obviously was a washout with that bad weather thursday i did fish in the high winds i went down towards bayou b avenue and fished close to the wall and did pretty fair again on speckled trout had a few sheep had some freshwater catfish mixed in and we caught two flounder that we were able to keep I believe Thursday was uh, the first. Yesterday, we made it to the Biloxi Marsh, where we picked away at redfish. Uh, Tough going because the redfish numbers are down, but we did catch a decent amount of redfish, caught some bulls that we threw back. And um, today, we're in a holding pattern, waiting for the fog to lift to where we can get out safely. Where, Where are you headed today? Um, I'm thinking with the lack of wind, I'll probably try the bridges. Not too many gnats around those bridges. I'll give that a shot first thing. And um, if it doesn't pan out for me, we'll head towards the wall. So many areas that you can fish down towards the wall, all the way from Bow Brothers to Violet. And, you know, I must have 30 different spots I like to fish up and down the channel and the intercoastal waterway. So a lot of, um, you know, a lot of variety as to where I can fish down in that area once I get there. What was your technique fishing the wall? Were you throwing and, and bouncing plastics in those rocks or putting live bait down there or what? 
It was both. My customers were fishing live shrimp on a drop shot, and I was bouncing the matrix and gulp plastics on the bottom as well. Of course, the live shrimp did much better, um, but I did catch a fair amount on plastics. And how far do you suggest people fish from that wall when they're fishing it? I was, you don't want to get too terribly close to it. There's some debris down there, you know, and you'll get a lot of snags. But I was probably in the 20 feet, you know, I was 20 to 25 feet away from it. You can use your depth finder and you'll see a a ledge. And fish, they just love to hang out along ledges. So find a good ledge if it's got shells or hard bottom. That's a great area to try. And like anything else, you give it 10 or 15 minutes that doesn't produce move a little bit, find a similar area. Current's always a plus. And, um, you know, keep hunting until you find them, and once you find them, catch what you need. Right. I, I got a text in. Somebody wants to know about Unknown Pass. Have you been there recently? I came through Unknown Pass on my way in yesterday. I haven't fished there this week, although one of the captains that works for me did, and he had a mix of speckled trout and white trout. Got it. Mike, redfish is obviously a very important part of, of your business, of your industry, uh, and they're talking about reduction of the creel limit, possibly tightening and narrowing the slot, eliminating the one fish over. Uh, what is your thoughts on that keeping one fish over the slot, the big bull? Is that important to your customers, or they generally take pictures and release it? I would say the vast majority of my clientele are fine with we call it CPR, catch, photo, release. Uh, catch those fish, take a picture, and release them back into the water. Every once in a while, I'll have someone that really doesn't fish a whole lot, and that may be the biggest fish they've ever caught, and they want to mount it. Um, and we we do try to talk them into measuring them, length and girth, put them on the boga grip and get a weight, take several pictures, and you know, they can do a, 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 a reproductive mount, you know, where they can reproduce it based on those pictures. Um, right. But every once in a while, somebody does want to keep them. But it's a really small percentage. Uh, it, I'm like Daryl Carpenter. It wouldn't bother me one bit to do away with keeping the over 27-inch redfish. Right. Well, they may not be 27 so- slot size anymore. It may tight- be tightened down to 24. So you may well, that- not be able to keep peep a fish over 24, 25, 22. There's, there's hundreds of scenarios, but one of the big determining factors is are you going to be allowed to keep one over whatever slot size is, is put in? Right. When I heard you or just a minute ago, you were talking about that you could still keep five if they were, I think, 17 to 24. Correct. Keep Without none. keeping right over that and keeping none over yeah, that. that would, still... That would have my vote right away. I would be all in favor of that. No problem. All right. Mike, thanks for giving us the report. If somebody wants to get in and do some of that uh, no fish, no pay type stuff with you, tell them how to reach you. Very simply, you can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. My website is AAOfLA.com. Facebook, Angling Adventures of Louisiana. And um, we are doing gift certificates for Christmas. And I can tell you that... um, a lot of my clients have CETO and got them as Christmas gifts because their wives call me and say, you know, what can I get my husband as a gift? And um, 
Cito's a great gift for Christmas. That's the one that uh, keeps on giving peace of mind, and that's very important these days. Mike, thanks again. We appreciate it. Uh, good luck when the fog clears. We'll check out to find out how you did next week. All right, Don. We'll talk to you then. That Mike Gallo, our Born on the Bayou reporter. Coming back next, it's uh, paddling time. You got a kayak, got a canoe, Tom Sawyer raft, a blow-up flamingo. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get you on the water close to those fish, he's got a report for you. He's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And our stroking report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's Outfitters. You're going to find three locations, Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge and also one in Covington. They got some of the best kayak fishing models, brands like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, Native Watercraft, and you can visit their website for products. And don't forget about those demo days where you ride and try before you buy. You'll find the dates and locations if you go to Massey, M A S S E Y, Outfitters.com. You can also find out a lot of information on their Facebook page. And one of the reporters is Brendan Bayard, who joins us now. And Brendan, I think people underestimate how good speckled trout fishing can be in the wintertime. Yeah, Don, it's certainly uh, really, really good right now. Uh, went out this week, and even though it was a little bit cold and the fish didn't want to cooperate on top water, I still caught my limit uh, using the Miradine and just kind of throwing those suspending baits. Uh, there was a lot of activity out there. Fish are chasing shrimp, and uh, we even caught a few reds after we uh, finished up on trout, and uh, we caught some nice trout, probably most of them being in the 16- to 18-inch range, you know, a few under, a few over, but uh, a great day out on the water, and uh, I think the from the end of November to the first two weeks of December, if you had to pinpoint me, these are my absolute favorite uh, times to go trout fishing. Yeah, and uh, with this warm-up with the water and the air temperature and the calm winds, topwater bite should be on this weekend. Yeah, I would think that it would come back to normal. So I would definitely be throwing that first thing this morning. Uh, if they are slapping at it or hesitant, you can go down to the uh, to the cork or the suspending bait, but uh, you should start throwing that big uh, topwater this morning and, and hope for the big one first thing in the morning. And uh, you should have a pretty good day if it's anything like the uh, rest of the week. How about some sight fishing for redfish right now? Yeah, so after we uh, caught our uh, our trout, we moved into some of those canals. Uh, there was there was not a ton in the ponds, but we did find a lot of redfish kind of in the canals between the ponds. And we would just kind of stand up in our kayak and we wait, and we would uh, the water was pretty good, uh, and we would just stand up and wait for a while, and then every ten minutes or so, you'd have a pod of about uh, you know three to five fish come by. And we were just throwing weightless plastics at it or like a really, really light jig, like a 32nd uh, uh, of an ounce or uh, an eighth of an ounce. And just kind of the water was so shallow on the edge of these uh, canals. We didn't want it to drag in the mud. And we just kind of tossed those light plastics up there and tease them. And then they'd eat. And we, we caught probably, you know, five of them. So it was pretty good. I love that scenario when you don't have to move. It's kind of like duck hunting. You just kind of get there against the bank or away from the bank, and you wait, and you can see them coming. Their tails and the wakes coming, and they're chasing a the shrimp every now and then, and they're moving down that bank, and it's just a matter of time before they get in casting range. That's a great situation to be in. Yeah, we saw a lot of little shrimp still, uh, and the little shrimp were kind of giving away where the redfish were coming from, and, and we would, would see those guys you know, jumping out of the water first. 
And then we would see the reds just kind of, you know, see the shadows of them underwater uh, with a good, you know, get a good pair of polarized glasses and, uh, you know, really fun. I always like to do that. My kids love to do that. It's, uh, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that really excites them on the water. I love to go catch big speckled trout. They love to sight fish red, so we both win, and uh, we had a great time. That sounds great. Brendan, before you go, let's talk now. Uh, looks like redfish slot sizes or creel limits and whether you can keep big fish is all going to be up for discussion. Um, your thoughts on the big bulls from kayakers. What does the people in the in the kayak uh, culture say about keeping those big ones? And everybody loves to catch them. They give you the Cajun sleigh rides. There's tournaments that are set around them of keeping the slot, the catch, photo, and release. How important would it be to, to keep an oversized, an overslot size redfish to the kayakers? I don't think it would be important at all. Uh, you know, we don't really keep the ice chest that really can keep those kind of fish. Um, you know, we, we like to take pictures of, you know, almost any kind of fish and let them go for the most part, except, you know, you know, everybody likes the, a good, uh, you know, fish taco or, uh, you know, Cutting, cutting some uh, small ones up and putting them on the grill. But, you know, for the big ones, I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep over that. I grew up in Texas, and we had a almost like a deer tag on our license, and you could keep one bull red a year, and you kind of peeled it off your license, and you could put it around the tail of the fish when you wanted to keep that fish for the year. You could do something like that just to appease everybody, but I, I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep over it if you take that away. I'm with you. I'm with you. Brendan, thanks for checking in with us as always. We appreciate it. Uh, go get them, and uh, we'll catch up with you next time. All right. Thanks, Don. Bye. All right. We come back after this break. It's uh, bad boys time. Two guys in a juvenile got sighted <clears throat> excuse me, up in St. Francisville in that area for dumping a black bear that was illegally shot. We'll tell you the story right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. You know, we're talking about these uh, redfish limits. And uh, in our neighboring states, uh, nobody has what we have enjoyed for so many years. Uh, Texas, it's a three per person per day with a slot of 20 to 28 inches. You can keep one over 28. As Brendan was talking about, there's a tag required, and you get to keep one of those a year. In Mississippi, it's three per person. The slot limit is 18 to 30 and one fish over 30 inches is allowed. In Alabama, the bag limit's three per person, tight slot of 16 to 26, and one of those fish can be over the 26-inch size. Florida, one redfish per person in a slot of 18 to 27. That is really tight. Uh, now, there is a boat limit of four fish from the Panhandle to the Tampa region, and a, a boat limit of two if you're fishing from the Tampa Bay region south. But for most of Florida, it's one fish per person, and it's got to be between 18 and 27 inches. I don't think we're going to have to go that deep on our cuts, but I'd be looking for somewhere three fish and certainly a, a, a minimized slot size and possibly no fish over the slot. We'll see. All right, when we come back after this, it's bad boys of the outdoors time. going to tell you the story. We haven't had a black bear illegal killing in a couple of years we had one recently, and uh, we'll tell you who it was and what they're facing right after this timeout where we pause to let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery Agents Lieutenant Will Roberts, Senior Agent Nick Furman, and Sergeant Mason Spillman obtained evidence about the illegal shooting and dumping of a black bear west of St. Francisville near the Mississippi River. 
During their investigation, the agents found a black bear skull in a creek near Cat Island Road and determined the bear was taken from Justin Olano's property. Olano told them Robert Saltz and his 15-year-old son were deer hunting on his property, and Saltz told the agents his son had shot at a silhouette of an animal moving through the area they were hunting, which turned out to be a black bear. Saltz made contact with Olano about the situation. They decided to load up the bear and dump it in the creek off Cat Island Road. Olano is facing a $950 fine and up to 120 days in jail for intentional concealment of wildlife and looking at fines for wildlife concealment, contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile, and for taking a black bear out of season, fines of $2,350 and 120 days in jail is Robert Saltz, while the civil restitution for replacement value of an illegally taken black bear totals $10,000 and could be shared by 24-year-old Justin Olano of Livonia and 41-year-old Robert J. Saltz II of Pearl River, Louisiana, our bad boys of the outdoors. Well, the 15-year-old in this case is unnamed. Uh, he's a minor. Uh, the question is, uh, should he receive a citation? Uh, should he share some of the burden, the penalties? Um, you know, the judge, I'll tell you this, is not going to go easy on this pair for, you know, the delinquency, which, you know, instead of telling the 15-year-old, look, you made a mistake, maybe you thought you were shooting at a hog, you killed a bear, let's call Wildlife and Fisheries and find out what the, the consequences are. But instead, they exemplified, and sh instead of being a, a, a good role model to this kid, they showed him a possible way out. Let's take it and dump it and try to forget about it. Well, that didn't hold up. So it's going to be interesting to see what the sentence is, and we'll follow up on it when it comes down. But as far as the juvenile, what do you think? What, 15 years old, uh, there's a real lesson to be learned here. Positively identify that target. When you pull that trigger, you're not getting that bullet back. And the other question is, was he with his son at the time? And had he been with the 15-year-old, he might have had some exercise, a little restraint, and not take a shot at something that he positively did not identify. Anyway, it's a tough situation, and we'll follow up on it. And uh, no shortage, we got more bad boys we'll talk about next week. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We're going to get some duck blind updates. We'll talk to Captain Ryan Lambert. Understand it slowed down a little bit, but we did have a midweek front came through. Maybe he's got some more birds. Also, I had a hunt with five-time duck calling champion Mike Smith. I'll tell you how that went. We'll share his blind information and get an update from him. We'll be back to do that right after these timeouts on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, first split of duck seasons wrapping up this weekend. Let's uh, check with Captain Ryan Lambert. And not only do they catch fish at Cajun Fishing Adventures, but they shoot a heck of a lot of ducks. Captain Ryan, uh, give us a uh, mid-season report. How's the duck hunting been? Um, it's okay. I've had it better. You know, we had that one week of 25-mile-an-hour northeast winds, and that really messed it up for a week. And now they're coming back around. But we socked in fog this morning. I'm just getting to the blind right now. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Oh, now, well, shooting already. That's good. <laughs> the fishing is off the charts, though. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the fish are in the river, and, I mean, it's crazy. 
I mean, absolutely. I love fishing in the river, as you know. But oh, yeah. it's wild right now. I, I fished an hour and 20 minutes and had my limit of trout yesterday. The boys catching limited reds in no time. I mean, that's great. Yeah, I've seen some uh, bigger than normal trout, too, coming. You know, we, we often forget how good things are this time of the year when we get a low river because it's been so long since we had one. Yeah, well, it's been 10 years, but I tell you what, I'm enjoying every second of it right now. And, look, they, they forecasted for it to go up today, and then they changed the whole forecast yesterday. Now it's going to be December 30th. It's going to be 1.4, so this is going to go on. So anybody want one heck of a trout trip in the river, which is so much fun. You know, we got some openings for fishing. I duck hunt for book solid, but we still got some fishing openings if somebody wants to get in on a real good speckled trout trip. Yeah, the fishing is great. Uh, Ryan, we've been talking, you know, word came out. I was at the commission meeting and the discussion about redfish. They're going to have to make some cuts in order to sustain the population. One of the big factors that they're going to determine is whether you can keep one over the slot, whatever the slot size ends up being, or, you know, you will have a more generous slot range and a higher bag limit if you eliminate that. How important is it to your customers to keep that one big fish over the slot size? It's not important at all. I think they, they ought to change it to where you cannot keep any over 30 inches. You know, now you can get a replica so easy. So why why kill a fish, you know? If, if you know, it's 30-inch fish, you can still eat that. So, you know, you can have one up to 37, uh, 30, and that's it. Don't No no more bigger fish than that because that's our spawners. And, and really, if they would look at why the, the populations are down and see what we have in the creel, it's zero to 16 inches. And nothing between 16 and 26, which means we lost two years of spawn. I mean, it's pretty evident. You know, you could say you couldn't kill them all with an ice pick if you wanted to. You know, they 1.5 million eggs per fish. You know, it's just we lost two spawns. The river was high in the fall, which is highly unusual for that to happen. It was 17 during the spawn, and the eggs sank. I mean, the biologists ought to know that stuff. It just it boggles my mind. How we just start blaming boat fishermen, guides, this and that. You know, this, this biology, plain and simple. Yep. Well, you know, they express that that's a very small percentage that those contribute to it. Uh, now, the pokey boat, you know, that, that's another story. Catching the big ones offshore, and I'm sure that has some impact, but all that's thrown into the formula. Uh, Ryan, yeah. before you go, what species of ducks are, are y'all shooting this year? Is there any surprises, or is it pretty no, much what you normally get? We're killing everything except mallards. We're killing a couple of mallards, but not much. But the the biggest thing is now it's getting later in the season. The canvasbacks and redheads have come in, and the cans are really, really doing well now. So, yeah, it's looking good. So I think you know, the second uh, split's going to really be nice. I made a hunt during the week and uh, shot a duck that we haven't seen in quite a while. The, the greater scop, also known as the big dogree, yeah. you know, the two species. Yeah, yeah. we got the regular one and the big. It is a big duck, and it's a pretty duck, a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. That's a, you don't see many of them down here, you know, the big, big greater scalps. We got the, mostly scalps and ringnecks, and we have a little bit of that. We don't. We got some of it, but not, not a great deal. Um, we're just, um, right now it's pintails, guidewalls, widgeons, redheads, camasbacks, blue and green wing teal mostly. That's what we're shooting. So it's been good. 
Well, you got uh, till Sunday, and then uh, we got a little bit of a rest. What do you think about the three splits? You prefer that over two splits? Does it really, you know, give the Ducks a chance to rest? I know it gives you hunters a little bit of a break. Yeah, it gives us a break. I love it, but they ought to coordinate it with the with the negative tides to where when it's negative tides, we can't be out here hunting because you can't get no blind anyhow. And sooner or later, we're going to have to use common sense with these things. I love the splits. It gives everybody a break. It's like having three opening days, which, you know, is really that's the best time to hunt because the ducks rest a little while. But I think they ought to coordinate it with negative tides for the coastal zone. You know, it only makes sense. Yeah, uh, you know, for most of the state, you know, it, it really doesn't apply. But where you guys are, it, it, it's it's everything. You got to have it. And if you don't, oh, oh, you may as well just, just stay home. Yeah. Well, I know you've yeah, been fighting, yeah. and uh, it's not easy to get anything that's federally regulated change. You know that. Oh no, I know. It's just you got to use common sense. So, you know, I'm going to start going to more of these meetings when I retire and see if I can, you know, sway things a little bit either way. I mean, some things have to change. Yep. All right, well, if somebody wants to get in on this fishing, I know your hunts are booked up, but the fishing is fantastic with the low ribbon. It looks like it's going to be in for a while. Uh, tell them how to get you. Uh, they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com or call me direct at 504-559-5111. All right, my friend. Y'all have a good, safe hunt, and we'll see you next week. Appreciate you, buddy. See you. Righty, the plastic man, we call him Ryan Lambert, just in case you're wondering. It's because he doesn't like to fish with live bait. He loves to get those fish and feed them some plastic. All right, coming back after this, the guy I hunted with this week, uh, Mike Smith, a duck hunting guide, and a longtime friend, John Fitzpatrick, the inventor of the one-stop whistle call. Uh, we made a hunt out to Delacroix. We'll kind of relive that, and I'll find out how his season has gone uh, doing this first split. We'll be right back. To talk to Mike Smith after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. It's Wednesday made a, an unusual evening hunt with uh, Mike Smith, and he joins us now, and uh, he's probably out in a duck blind. Mike, y'all been out this morning? Did you get out in the fog? Yeah, uh, th- this dummy is not going out in the dark uh, where you can't see the hand in front of your face, so we waited <laughs> <laughs> until it was safe enough to go out and uh you remember the other day how we had a redhead waiting for us at the decoys? You had another one waiting? <laughs> we had a canvas back waiting. <laughs> what is the deal with that? <laughs> I don't know. I think they're waiting for us. So we, we got a great canvas back so far. and uh, That's good. Obviously, with the fog, there's you know nothing flying yet. We just saw a couple come over a little while ago, but uh, it's going to get better. Yeah, soon the fog lifts, you, know, you get a little action. Soon the fog Give us lifts, an update. Yeah. How has your season gone so far during this first split? It's been real good. Uh, the other day, uh, shoot, what's the day? Saturday, Thursday, we killed 16. Went back yesterday, only killed a couple because the change in weather. There was no wind. Uh, I think we killed 1,000 mosquitoes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that weather change, you know how it gets when it's hot. And uh but overall, it's been a real good season, much better than last year. We've killed every species of duck except a mallard. Wow. that's uh, very. And what was the most unusual species you've seen? We had that uh, greater scarp, a uh, big dogri, on uh, Wednesday, and uh, I haven't seen one of those in quite a while. It used to be a lot of them. Right. But uh, the, the one, you know, we're getting quite a few of. Every week we kill a couple. Is the camasbacks. Uh you know, we very, very seldom see a canvas back in the Delco area, but about three times a week, you know, I see and uh, get canvas backs. And what today is the we number got a, one? Like a, 
What is the number one bird that your customers get mounted, would you say? Uh, a wigeon, pintail, mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, yeah. canvasbacks are pretty. Are, you, are they full plumage? These canvasbacks. Uh, this one's not. No, it, it has. Yeah. yeah, it's still in the mold. You can see it's a drake. It has a reddish head, but uh, it's not a, a, a mature drake. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we probably won't kill those till you know December, or early January. But uh, I tell you what, I noticed was your pond is loaded with grass. God, it, oh, the, it's the full grocery, of grass. The groceries are there for the ducks. <laughs> exactly. But uh, what I find out, and I think we mentioned that the other day, where in the world are the pool dudes with all this grass? I haven't seen pool dudes in two years. I know on Paris yeah. Road it's packed with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but, this, uh, I guess they, they figure they're safe there close to the road. <laughs> yeah, probably so. But there haven't been any in the Delaware area in the last two seasons. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. But, uh, well, it looks like we're going to. good season. Looks like we're going to close it out with uh, light winds and a little foggy, warm conditions. Uh, do you change your setup or your calling or anything different when you get these fronts that back up like this? Not really. No, in the fog, I don't call as loud because you know how sound travels in the fog. But uh, right now, same as you, we hunt in the exact same spot where we hunted the other afternoon. Now, I mean, yeah, the afternoon. And uh, another group I have from Georgia, uh, they opted to go this afternoon, so we're going to go further out uh, instead of hunting here because it's so not you won't have the, you won't have the sun in your eyes this morning, huh? Be no. <laughs> <laughs> no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, at least we had an excuse. So the, the few, right, the few right. that we missed, yeah. Exactly. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun hunting with you. And, uh, boy, I tell you, you know, five-time state duck calling champion. I don't know if anybody will ever top that. Uh, it would have been great if you could have won the world title, you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I haven't called in 20 years, so I hung it up. <laughs> I just well, call it the ducks now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you got any openings for the next two splits coming up? If people want to get a shot in there, or you're totally booked up? I have one date open. That's January the 18th. I have some afternoon hunts, which have been you know pretty de- decent, uh, you know, afternoon hunts that are available. Uh, there's certain areas we can hunt in the afternoon, certain areas we can't. Uh, yeah. They don't allow hunting after 12 uh, noon. But the area we are in right now, you know, we, we can hunt, you know, all day, you know, morning and afternoon. But uh, I do have tell, some spots. Go ahead. Tell them how, they, how can they contact you. 504-228-4506-LADuckHunts.com. Uh, LADuckHunts.com and you'll be dot hunting com. With, yeah, dot com. You'll be hunting with Mike Smith, a five-time state duck calling champion or one of his professional guides in a really comfortable pop-up blind. And he's even if you're a late sleeper and you want to duck hunt, got some afternoon hunting open for you, too. That's it, exactly. Well, good All luck, right, Mike. Don. Thanks for the hunt. We'll be checking in with you when we get to the next splits. That'll work. Appreciate you calling. All righty. Mike Smith, uh, LouisianaDuckHunts.com. Check him out. All right, uh, let's see. we got some last-minute text coming in. One says, I understand what Ryan was trying to say about two years of losing the spawn because of the high river, but his statement was not 100% correct. If we lose spawning classes because of the high river, the guides are still catching hundreds of thousands of fish each day that are barely 16 inches. They'll never get any bigger. So guides, whether it be rod and reel or bow fishing, have a negative impact. Well, you say that, but the scientists, who I would put more faith in, say that the total take 
of the whole recreational catch by guides is about 20%. 80% are caught by the thousands of other recreational fishermen out there. That's the science. I'm hearing from Braithwaite Greg. He's hunting with the Duck Queen, Albertine. Good morning, Albertine. And uh, they need to check us out on the on the uh, the app is the way they're listening to us. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, it's been fun. We'll be doing this again next week. We do it each and every Saturday morning. Two-hour journey to the great outdoors. Tune us in. Same station, same time on Westwood One network of stations for the Don Dubuque Outdoor Show.